Let's turn together to Psalm 67 for our study of the Word of God this morning. Psalm 67, and we'll read all seven of the verses. Psalm 67, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us, that Your way may be known on earth, Your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise You, O God. Let all the peoples praise You. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, this morning we come to the second Sunday of our Mission Emphasis Week. We have had many wonderful activities in the past uh, seven, eight, nine days or so to help to focus our mind upon the glory of missions, but I would suggest none more wonderful than coming together for worship. None more wonderful than gathering around God's Word to be reminded once again of His work in missions. For it is a reminder of the glorious grace of our God. None of us deserves God's favor. None of us deserves to be saved. But God continues to make Himself known to people that they might by faith embrace the glory of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and God's church continues to increase. Our psalm today is a psalm that, that gives us some of that picture of the increase of God's people. It is a psalm that uh, some co commentators believe was actually used uh, for one of the harvest festivals for Israel. There were a couple big festivals Israel had every year, one of them being the Feast of Tabernacles, celebrating the harvest God was giving His people. There's reference to that in verse 6. The earth has yielded its increase. A, a reminder of the blessing of God to provide for the physical blessings, the physical needs of His people. But this psalm, beyond simply talking about the physical blessings God gives, the psalmist uses this as a picture of God's spiritual blessings and the increase that He gives there. And so we're going to look at this psalm this morning as a reminder of God's blessing to His people Israel, those who initially received the psalm, but also that already here in the Old Testament, we have that, that greater picture of God's blessing not only for Israel, but God's blessing for the nations, for the peoples, that God's praise might go to the ends of the earth. 
the psalmist begins with his request. Verse 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. May God be gracious. May he bless us. May he make his face shine upon us. Now, I hope, kids, that sounds a little bit familiar to you. God make his face shine upon us. Because sometimes when we end the worship service and I give the blessing to the people, I use those words, may God make his face shine upon us. This is an echo of the blessing that Aaron was to give to the people. A blessing given to us in Numbers chapter 6. Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus shall you bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God's blessing for his people, that he might be gracious to them, that he might bless them, that his face might shine upon them. Beautiful picture of reminding us of who God is, God's perfection. He is is light himself, and that, that, that light, that shining countenance of favor might shine upon his people, guiding Israel, directing Israel, that he might turn his face toward them, his particular notice of his particular people. This is a blessing which is clear from Numbers, was to be for the people of God. It was for the people of Israel. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus shall you bless the people of Israel. And then he says, So shall you put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. This was a blessing distinct and particular for Israel. And that is where the psalmist begins. He asks for God's blessing upon his particular people. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. While this was a blessing particular to the people of Israel, that's where the psalmist begins. He begins with God's blessing for his chosen people. But he goes on to explain why he asks for that blessing. The purpose for which that blessing was given. In verse 2, may God bless us, make his face shine upon us, that your way may be known on the earth and your saving power among the nations. Yes, it was a bless asking God to bless his particular people, but so that they could be a blessing to the nations around them, that they could be a blessing to the peoples, that many would come to know who God is, that Israel would be a blessing to those around them. We think about when God originally came to Abraham and spoke to him and talked about what God would do for Abraham. Back in Genesis chapter 12, we read this. 
Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you... All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yes, God was going to make a particular covenant with a particular people. But from the beginning, it was God's plan that that blessing for Abraham would spread out to be a blessing for the nations. That the nations would be drawn in when they would look at Israel. We think of uh, the words of Deuteronomy chapter 4, where God is telling the people to be careful to keep his law. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, he says this, See, I have taught you the statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of. Keep them and do them, for this will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people's who when they hear all these statutes will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call upon Him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Israel was to be distinct. They asked for God's blessing, that in their distinction, others might see them and be drawn in. This nation is so great. This nation is so blessed by the law God has given to them, and the nations are drawn to Israel. And we see that happen throughout the Old Testament. Individuals who are drawn in. We think of Rahab, Remember Rahab, children, how she kept the spies safe. And she said, remember me. I want to be part of you. She is drawn in. We think of Ruth, the Moabitess, who is drawn in to the people of God. God in the Old Testament would draw the nations in when they would see his ways. Yes, God, uh, the, the psalmist says, God bless us, but make us a blessing that your way may be known on the earth and your saving power among all all the nations. God's ways known and the nations drawn in by His saving power, the God of our salvation. When God came to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, He says, in you shall all the nations be blessed. He fleshes that out a bit more in Genesis chapter 22 when He says, Surely I have sworn by myself, declares the Lord, because you have done this and not withheld your son, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, as the sand on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In your offspring, in the line that comes from you, All the nations of the earth shall be blessed. A reference already back in Genesis, already back with Abraham, 
to the coming of Jesus Christ, that one who would come in the line of Abraham, who would come in the line of David, that one who would be that, that perfect redeemer of his people, that they may know your power on the earth, your saving power among the nations, that the nations might know Jesus Christ, who he is, what he has done, that he, the second person of the Trinity, true and eternal God, co-equal, co-eternal with him, would come down to earth and would fulfill for us all righteousness. He would, by his blood, take away all of our sins, cleansing us, and by his perfection, grant and credit to us perfect righteousness, the finished work of Jesus Christ, that the nations might know that saving power, a power that removes our sin, a power that makes us seem righteous before God because he sees us in Jesus Christ. Yes, yes, bless Israel that the nations might be blessed and might hear this glorious truth. It is that same gospel that we bring yet today to the nations. Jesus Christ, the one who has done everything necessary for our salvation, the one who removes our sin, the one who grants and credits us his righteousness. And he calls out to us again this morning, but to simply put our faith and our trust in him and know his saving power, his saving power among the nations. In the Old Testament, Israel was to be a distinct people that, that the nations might see and be drawn in. In the New Testament, we have that same call that they be distinct, but now not only that the nations be drawn in, but that the word, the, the glorious message, the saving power, go out to the nations and be declared to the nations. We see that in the missionary mandate of the church being fulfilled in the New Testament with the apostle writers going out and sharing the good news of Christ, the message being brought to the nations, not simply drawn in, but the message going out to them. And we, we by God's grace, are part of that glorious process. process. We remind ourselves of that in Mission Emphasis Week. The glory of God in salvation. And yet, yet his call to us to be engaged in that task. We will do that uh, through the offerings that we bring for missions. Again, once again this morning, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, faith promise for missions. We have opportunity to make faith promise uh, uh, cards to fill out for this week. To, to expend our finances for, for the nations, that the glorious gospel might go forth, that there not be, you know, 15 flags up here, but 30, 45, 80 flags up here, as the word continues to go out to all the nations, that God might use the gifts we bring. And perhaps, and perhaps God might not just be calling us to use our money giving for, for missions, but perhaps he's calling us. And I guess I'd like to speak particularly to those who are younger in our congregation, to the kids, to the teens, to the young adults. Perhaps, perhaps God is calling you to a particular place in that glorious mission 
the bringing of the gospel. There are times when, when, when as children, we have a great sense of a desire to share Jesus, who he is. I want to talk about Jesus. Unfortunately, sometimes as we grow, that desire wanes. We get influenced by things around us. We get influenced by, by the comforts that we enjoy. We get influenced by materialism, and the desire to go out uh, kind of falls away. I guess I want to challenge those of you who are younger in our congregation to consider, is God calling you to bring this glorious message to the nations? Might he use you to tell the glorious story of salvation to those who have never heard of who Jesus is or what he has done? May God bless us. That's the request. May he bless us, be gracious to us, make his face shine upon us so that we might go out. So your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among the nations. And what happens when that takes place? What happens when the nations come in and embrace Jesus Christ? Verse 3, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The result of this declaration of the gospel and people embracing it by faith is that God receives praise. God receives the glory. I so appreciated what Reverend Vandermeulen had to say last week about God is the one who does not share his glory. God gets the glory in missions because God is the one who does the work in missions. We are talking about, about changing someone's heart, changing a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. None of us can do that. I don't care how, how articulate of an orator you are. It doesn't matter how much you know the scriptures. Of ourselves, none of us can change a heart. That is the work of God. It is His work. But if I can put it this way, it is our labor. He calls us to be engaged. We are the ones who speak the words of life, which God will use to change hearts. And so he is the one who receives all the glory. When we remember that evangelism, that missions, is the work of God, it is wonderfully freeing for us. Because we don't have to think that, that if I share the gospel with my neighbor or with my coworker or with my family member, and if I do that and they choose not to believe, I have not failed. Because it's not my work to change a heart. It's my work to tell the truth of a God who changes hearts. If in God's providence there are those who do not want to hear the message, he is the one responsible for that. We have not failed if the one we're talking to does not embrace Jesus Christ. We have failed if we do not tell them about Jesus Christ. God is the one who is at work, and so God is the one who gets the praise. It, it's, 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 it's a miracle. Any of us come to faith. 
We are all dead in our transgressions and sins. None of us has anything to offer to God. It's a miracle by God's grace that any of us come to faith. Yet that is God's work and the work of the Holy Spirit to give us the gift of faith in our hearts. We might embrace what Jesus Christ has done for us. It is His work. And so He receives all the praise. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity. You guide the nations upon the earth. The nations praise God for who He is. He is one who judges with equity. He's a God of justice. You know, we hear a lot about that today. The need for justice, the call for justice. There has to be equity. The trouble is we're fallen and sinful, and even our view of justice is warped. Not so with God. He is the God who properly judges. He judges the people with equity, perfect justice in our God. He is the one who guides the nations on the earth. The, the, the words used here give us a picture, an idea of guiding as a shepherd guides his sheep. And we think about that from Psalm 23. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The nations will now be led in the paths of God, the paths of righteousness, that, that necessary and proper response to salvation. When we have embraced by faith the work of Jesus Christ, we say, how, how can I thank God? I will now follow his guidance. I will now follow his leading. I will now, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, walk in the paths of righteousness. He will guide the nations upon the earth. This is God's glorious blessing to the people. It begins with a prayer for Israel, that God would be gracious and bless us and make his face to shine, but not simply that Israel might feel good about themselves, but that they might be used to share the truth with the nations. We, as the true Israel of God, his chosen people, pray the same prayer that God would be gracious to us, He would bless us, He would make His face to shine upon us. And that's where the psalmist takes us at the end. The earth has yielded its increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. And what? Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. We pray that God would bless us. that He would give us that knowledge of salvation, not so we feel good about ourselves, but so that we can go out and share that glorious truth. It may mean uh, going overseas somewhere. It may mean serving somewhere in the United States. It may mean knocking on your neighbor's door with the relationship you have developed. And, and finally, finally, talking about Jesus Christ, who he is and what he has done for you. It is God's work the mission of God to bring His Word to the nations. It is God's work, but it is our labor. He chooses to use us in this glorious work, and we know that God Himself will give the increase. We're reminded in the New Testament, in the words of Paul, there will be a time where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. 
Oh, what a joy it is to be used by God in this glorious mission as God continues to bring his blessing to the peoples, to the nations. May we be ready to be used by him. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, in your perfect providence, you, in the Old Testament, established a particular relationship with your people Israel. And as that relationship continued to develop and unfold, it became clear that this was to be not only a blessing for Israel, but to the nations around them. And we have been brought in, O God. We are those who have been brought in by your grace and by your mercy to be your true Israel. Lord God, may we not stop in that process. But would you use us now to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share what he has done with those around us, that we too might be a blessing, a blessing from you to your nations, and that in in this, O God, you would receive all the glory and the honor and the praise. Continue to build your church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to turn to number four.